بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين First and foremost Ramadan Mubarak to everyone we ask Allah to help us to take advantage of this blessed opportunity as best we all can Amin Rabbil Alameen and one of the primary objectives of this incredibly blessed opportunity this golden opportunity is to connect with the Qur'an. This is the month of fasting. This is the month of Qur'an. Shahr Ramadan al-Ladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. So the intention for the Khatira series this year, bi-idhnillah, is each night, so tonight being night one, each night uh, the intention on mine is to give a very brief, not exhaustive at all. That's impossible within a narrow window of time. But just to give, the idea is to give a, a very, very broad and brief overview of some of the points that are mentioned within that night's juz. So tonight would be juz one, aka para one. So the idea is, okay, because it's night one, let me mention a few points in connection with juz one, a very brief overview. And then the, the plan, the intention, inshallah, tomorrow, because it'll be night two, to give a very brief overview of just two. So this is just to kind of set the framework for all of us to keep it in mind as we go through this month. And part of the intention is that with a couple of these points being mentioned before the Taraweeh portion begins, then especially for many of those who may not necessarily understand anything that's being recited, it can give, you know, food for thought. It can give, you know, fuel for reflection to at least ponder. So if someone knows that there's going to be a reference to Prophet Ibrahim salam, for example, and then when, he, when they hear the clear name of, of Prophet Ibrahim salam, then it may come to mind, oh, maybe this is talking about this story or that story or that ayah. So just to kind of preface the series by mentioning that it's not intended to be exhausted whatsoever. It's very brief and very broad. Moving on to just one, uh, of course, as we all know, the, the Qur'an begins with Al-Fatiha. And what's amazing is when you take a step back and you look at the fact that the Prophet ﷺ taught us that the greatest surah in the Qur'an is Surah Al-Fatiha is very interesting because it's not the longest surah. The longest surah, Al-Baqarah, comes after it. It's not the shortest surah. Surah Al-Kawthar would be the shortest surah. When you take a step back and you look at just Surah Al-Fatiha, there should be this constant wheel revolving of reflecting whenever we connect with it why is this the greatest surah what can i take away from this what kind of nourishment can i take from this surah why is this surah out of the entire quran why did the prophet ﷺ describe this surah as the greatest surah it's clearly not the length it doesn't break down uh, in-depth details related to law it does what is it about the surah Right? So that's a small seed, that's food for thought. Why does this surah have so many different names? Right? What, what's so special about this surah? One of the, very briefly, one of the things that I want to highlight, and we learn this from a beautiful hadith Qudsi, when, when you look at when, when the servant of Allah Azza wa Jal says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, then Allah responds, my servant has praised me. When you look at Surah Al-Fatiha, the first half is about who Allah is. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawm din And then it shifts, it's very interesting. Because in the first portion of the surah, it's about who Allah is. And then it shifts, when you come, when you come to the ayah, Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in, 
it goes from talking about Allah Azza wa Jal, it transitions, then we're talking to Allah directly. You alone we worship. You alone we ask for help. We're asking you for guidance. So when, when we look at this surah, what's something, how can I benefit from this? How can, how can I benefit from the fact that the first portion of the surah focuses on who Allah is, and then, it, and then you have action items. Worship, asking Allah alone for help, right? Treading the straight path. Guide us down the straight path. The path of those who you have favored. Who has Allah favored? You find more details elsewhere in the Qur'an. And this is one of the, 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 the beautiful things about the Qur'an being this incredible divine masterpiece is you find so many different constellations throughout the Qur'an. Here you have the reference to those who Allah has favored. Sirat al-ladheen an'amta alayhim. And then later in Surah An-Nisa, Allah mentions who they are. The prophets and nabiyin wa siddiqin wa shuhada wa salihin wa hasuna ulaika rafiqa. So we find a connection between these two stars, between these two ayahs in the Qur'an. And this is something that, that's worth for me to keep in mind as we go through the month of Qur'an, as we connect more and more with the Qur'an by the grace of Allah. How can I benefit from what it is that I'm reading, that I'm listening to? That I'm, Am I reflecting over it or am I just going through the motions, going from the beginning of a surah to the end just to get to the end? from the beginning of the just to the end, just to get to the end. No one is saying not to do that. That's good. But we want to connect the external practice with internal reflection. How can I benefit from this? What is some protein that I can take from the spiritual meal that's right in front of me? What am I looking to get out of this? What is my intention going through this month of Qur'an regarding the Qur'an? How do I want to become a better person, a better Muslim? How, how am I going to come closer to Allah through this practice of engaging with the Qur'an on a daily basis? And we ask Allah to help all of us to do so. So at the beginning we have Surah Al-Fatiha. After that, when you look at Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah mentions three distinct groups. And it's important to note that this is a Madani Surah. That Surah Al-Baqarah is a Madani Surah. So imagine... Being in Medina, imagine the situation in Medina, the climate, not necessarily literally, but socially. And Allah highlights three distinct groups of people. Allah mentions the believers in the first few ayat. And we ask Allah to help all of us to do what we can to try to live our iman so long as we're alive. And it, a few ayat. And then after that, Allah mentions, الَّذِينَ kafaru. Those who, even though they recognize the truth, they still reject it due to something in their heart, due to arrogance in their heart. When Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, is saying that these people, they're so far gone by their own decision. They chose to go so far away. For them, they're so far off. Whether you warn them or you don't warn them, it's not going to make a difference regarding them. They have sealed their own hearts from seeing the truth, from, from bearing witness to it. For them, it's only two ayat. And then you have 13 ayat regarding the hypocrites. And the, the, the main point of us connecting with these ayat, the main point for us is not to just think to ourselves, wow, these people at the time of the Prophet, man, they must have been so bad. That's not the point. That's not the main point. The main point is, let me take a step back. Let me scan my heart. Let me look internally. Is, does this apply to me or not? If it does, let me pull those weeds. And if I'm sincerely looking internally, I may not see this. Okay, but 
how can I protect myself from those weeds growing? So there has to be some kind of consistent interaction. We can never kick our feet up and think to ourselves, of course this isn't talking about me. This is only talking about them at that time. I'm definitely completely secure and, and protected from hypocrisy. If anyone has that attitude, that attitude is a sign of hypocrisy. That attitude in and of itself is an issue, is a sign of hypocrisy. We ask Allah to protect all of us from that. Sayyidina Umar, when, when he heard that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned some of the names of the hypocrites to Hudayfa, he goes to him, think of Sayyidina Umar, his iman, think of who he is, his maqam, his status. He goes to Hudayfa and he's deeply concerned, am I on that list? That, that's the path that we want to tread. That we're constantly looking internally, what if this is talking about me? Because if it is, I need to fix that now before I meet my Lord. When you go through the first, the first juz, you go from Fatiha, the beginning of Baqarah, these three distinct groups, the believers, the disbelievers, and the hypocrites, you have a number, a huge number of ayat regarding Ben Yisrael. And again, the point of coming across these verses is not to think, wow, they were like this. That's not the main point. The main point, wait, is this talking about me? This ayah is in a section that Allah starts with Ya Bani Israel. But for me, that's not the point. The point is, wait, conceptually, in terms of principles, not people, but principles, does this apply to me or not? And I need to reflect very sincerely before I meet Allah Azza wa Jal. So the point is, when we come across these ayat, what can I learn from what they did and what they didn't do? How can I benefit from that here and now? Within this portion, we have the story of the cow from the surah gets its name from, from this story. And there are two main benefits I want to highlight and I'll, I'll wrap up in a moment. The first one is look at the attitude of these people and the mockery they had in connection with their prophet, Prophet Musa salam. They had already witnessed the parting of the sea. They had already witnessed so many miracles. Even then, because of the hardness of their hearts, they, they had this, this, this negative interaction with Prophet Musa salam, and they, they mocked him. He commands them, Prophet Musa is telling them, Allah is telling you that you have to slaughter a cow. Think of everything they've already seen. And they respond, are you making fun of us? Are you mocking us? And when you look at the way that these people approached that issue, these were not sincere questions. The main issue is not necessarily that there were questions. We all have questions we all want to learn. But we have to be sincere. And we have to reflect on the question before we pose it, before we ask it. They were making a mockery out of the situation. It was not sincere. Okay, what kind of cow, what color, we need more, we need more details. Inshallah, we'll be guided. And then at the end of this section, Allah mentions the hardness of their hearts. What should I do? I should reflect, okay, is this how I interact with the book of Allah? Is this how I interact with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? Do I take it seriously? Or do I treat it with mockery? Am I becoming a more kind, compassionate, generous person? Or is it in one year, out the other, and it doesn't change anything? Because for them, their hearts weren't changed, regardless of the ayat that they had seen. So for me, okay, I need to take a step back. How can I benefit from what I'm coming across? And the last thing that I want to mention, at the end of this juz, we find a reference to Prophet Ibrahim salam. And there's really, subhanAllah, there's so much, and it's, it's quite difficult to, 
try to package it into a succinct, you know, little box in these few minutes. What's his main concern? What is his main concern? He's already been given the promotion of a lifetime. Allah tells him, "Inni ja'iluka lin-nasi imama." I have made you an imam for all of mankind. And his response: What about my progeny? What about my kids and their kids and their kids? At the end of his life, what is his concern? What are you going to worship after me? Who are you going to worship after me? Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to live for after me? He's on his deathbed at the end of his life and his kids are there and his grandson Yaqub What is his main concern? His main concern for them is, is not necessarily regarding gold and silver, this, that and the other. His main concern for them is the condition of their heart. His main concern for them is their deen. So I should reflect, what is my main concern for my kids? What is my main concern for their kids and their kids and their kids? What is my main concern for the youth of our community? What do I plan on leaving behind? How important is deen in my life on a practical level? We ask Allah to help us to connect with the Qur'an as best we can. We ask Allah to help us to benefit from it. And we ask Allah to make us people of Qur'an in terms of both theory and practice as best we can. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wan alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.